and we're on. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, average men and average women, um, and average kids. If you're listening, if you are a kid and you listen to this, um, yeah, you probably shouldn't be because I talk about some random shit on this podcast. But um, welcome everybody. Thanks for for listening. Good to good to have your ears. Um, good to have your earlobes. No, not your lobes. Your 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 eardrums. Good to have your eardrums tuning in. Um, welcome to 2021 episode number 89 of the Average Man Podcast in the air. So that's a uh, Kiwi band called Lab or Lab. I don't know if you say Lab or if you say Lab. It's got a full stop between each letter, so you can go with uh, with that one however you want. But um, yeah, but we were listening to that one over the the. The Chrissy break while I was down um, down Denmark camping, so I thought it was an appropriate track to bring us in here for our first episode of the year. It's been like a month since I've done a podcast. I think, actually, I'm pretty sure that that is the longest time between podcasts I've been since I started doing this a couple of years ago. So there you go, a little bit of uh, trivial information for you there. Nah, and yes, episode number eighty nine. So we're creeping up there. I've just start thinking about what I'm going to do for episode number 100. No doubt, I'll get a guest on, and um, yeah, might try and make it a little bit of a special one, bit of a bit of a party kind of uh, vibe to it for uh, to celebrate the hundredth episode. But right now, we've got number 89 ahead of us. So g'day, g'day, g'day. Welcome to 2021. Hopefully, this is a better fucking year than 2020 was, because I don't have to tell you why. Just hopefully, it is, man. Still border closures. People can't come over from Queensland at the moment, and uh, Victoria still got some, the restrictions. I don't even know if New South Wales does. To be honest, I. I follow it very, very loosely. There's been a few personal uh, cases recently that have made me aware of the Queensland and Melbourne uh, Melbourne closures or, or Victorian closures, so I'm aware of those, but I don't know too much about what's going on around the country. I've really had my head completely out of the whole news cycle and everything for the last month, which has been quite nice and refreshing. Um, I don't know what's going on with Trump in the White House. Uh, I don't know what's going on with the, where we stand with the COVID um Restrictions and everything worldwide and, and Australia wide. Uh, I do know that they're putting off the vaccines at the stage because my wife's in the health profession and she's been talking about that at home a fair bit. But I've been quite out of the loop lately, which has been super nice, man. Um, yeah, it finished 2020 with a pr- pretty big bang, which was good. I nailed all of my, my work goals um, that I was, I, th- I think I spoke about those on the podcast. I had a fair bit of, on my plate in front of me and I'm really, it came right down to the wire and I got everything done and and dusted and got out of town with a pretty good vibe about that. Um, headed down to Perth. Um, I stopped in Geraldton on the way down, so I kind of I went the coast road, just me and the dog, which was nice because I only stopped for fuel. There was no piss stops in between or stopping for food or anything like that. I actually fasted while I was do- driving, so that made it easy. It was just me, water, um, black coffee, and the dog. Um, so I stopped in Nanyatara for fuel. I stopped at. Carnarvon for fuel and then I stopped at Geraldton that night for fuel and, and for a nap um, and I pulled into at my mate's house so he was originally going to be in town um, but he's not he's down south at his parents house in Bridgetown and sorting out some shit sorting out his life poor bastard's got some shit going down um, but he he wasn't there so I was like um, and he kind of left without much foresight about when he was going to be back or anything along those terms so he was like man I, I think you might test the back door of my house and it might be open and if it is, you can just go in and sleep in the spare room or on the couch or whatever you want. So I kind of thought that was a, a, 
you know, a, a throwaway comment, but I pulled up at his house anyway. I was going to sleep in the shed or roll the swag out in the yard or something, just somewhere to, to set up as a base camp for the night. Go into the dude's backyard, go up to his um, laundry sliding door, and it's just open, just slides straight open. I was like, man, this guy, he's been out of town for like two weeks. He's a copper as well, but and and just no no personal security um, sort of uh, qualms whatsoever. Dude just leaves his house wide open. So I walk in the back door, sweet, good for me. Um, set up a little spot on the couch there, and then head down the local pub, which was a complete shithole for a, for a, um, a, a feed, a beer, and a, a beer and a steak. Um, I'm going to call this pub out to the winter sun in Geraldton. That place is a bogan paradise shithole. It was just a just a little it was just shit. It was a little dive bar. Um, weird too because it was like random, like um, I don't know. It seemed like even the nerds are bogans at, at, in Geraldton, or at least at the winter sun anyway. There's like the like Harry Potter lookalikes with mullets and shit running running amok there. So it was quite an interesting vibe um, at that at the winter sun in in. Uh, in Geraldton, got myself a steak and a beer and, and got the fuck out of there. Went back to my mate's unlocked house. And then he messaged me while I was there as well and, and said, oh, you know what? I, I had a house to stay there like about a week ago or something. Um, and she might have left the key in the in the letterbox. Do you mind going out the front and checking? So I go walk out the front and then sure as, sure as shit, there's a, a, a garage key to his house in the letterbox and the garage doors unlocked as well inside. So he's got his back sliding door open and a key to his entire house is sitting in his letterbox for like weeks and just just no concern about it whatsoever. So I grabbed that and pulled it inside for him and shut it on the kitchen table. Anyway, I had a kip there, got up early, early in the morning, bang, kept going, got down to Perth early the next morning, like 9.30, 10 o'clock, which was the way I wanted to do it, one big day on the road, get to Geraldton. Um, and then just cruising the next morning and sort of unload my shit. And um, I was super keen to head down the pub for a um, for a pub feed for lunch, which I did. Um, and yeah, just had a couple of hectic days in Perth, or a few hectic days in Perth. I got there on the Saturday morning. Uh, did I? And I got there on the Friday morning, Friday morning, and saw my parents, had a pub feed, and my missus got in that day with the kids as well. Um, so we had a couple of family catch-ups. We had like uh, a Christmas lunch thing for my no a Christmas dinner for my side of the family. Um, on one day, I had a Christmas lunch for Emma's side of the family. On another day, so even though we were skipping Perth for the Christmas um, vibe, you know, hectic period, we we had two Christmas lunches to to deal with, or, you know, catch ups to deal with anyway, which is fine. We wanted to see all the family and everything, but we just didn't want the big all the work that goes around it. But anyway, we didn't really do anything. Everyone else prepared all the food and shit and we just sort of sat down and had a couple of couple of Christmas catch-ups and kids opened their presents from cousins and aunties and, and uncles and all that sort of stuff. So that was pretty cool. I spent one day one day at the locals um, like shopping centre doing tying up a few odds and ends um, and getting a few bits and pieces for myself and that was it I was not stuck at the shops which I didn't want to be because that's what happened to me last year stuck at the shops shopping for family and stuff walking around for for like days just in the shops just hating life and thinking what am I this is what I'm doing on my holidays walking around this shit all spending money um, so we didn't do adult presents throughout the families this year just the kids so I didn't have to go and spend all that time walking around the shops and, and burning, burning my free time which was cool and I was pretty happy about that um, and then, oh yeah, I snuck in a, a sneaky movie one day when I'd, I'd done uh, done a bit of shopping, and then I had the kids for for a couple of hours. 
for like four or five hours in the Arvo Ems was out with her mum. So we snuck off and, and caught a sneaky little movie, um, The War with Grandpa, which which was, yeah, it was all right. It was all right. I wouldn't watch the movie again. I wouldn't recommend it or anything. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't great. But it was just good to go to the movies. It was exciting for the kids. You know, we got the popcorn and some water. And um, I learned years ago not to do chocolate with the young kids at the movie theatre because they get like 45 minutes to an hour in and then that sugar kicks in and they cannot sit still. And my boy, the first time we did that, ended up running up and down the frigging aisles like going crazy on a sugar high so I just get popcorn and water when we go there now and let them let them mow into that I actually did get some chocolate the second time I went to the movies but I kept it in my um, possession and just doled out a couple of couple of Maltesers here and there just to spice them up a little bit or a couple of fantails here and there but didn't just let them go ham on it and I kind of did kick in with that energy as well so I think popcorn and water is the way to go out the movies um, got a sneaky movie in and then, yeah, then we loaded up the big rig um, with all of our shit and headed down south like the fucking Griswolds. Um, if you haven't seen, if you don't know that reference, it's from National Lampoons from the 80s, uh, Chevy Chase movies where they're travelling around um, middle America and, so, and, and and with all the, the all the shit tied to the roof of the old Chrysler that they've got. Well, that was us in the Prado with... Eskies and an esky and a barbecue and a gas bottle and some new camping chairs we bought all on the roof of the Prado and then the camper trailer on the back with a surfboard on to, on on it and two bikes tied to the back of that as well and and the two fridges in the back of the car the dog squeezed in between the two kids um, I had the dirty gear bag on the back of the tire which was full of gear as well and and then the camper trailer obviously full to the brim with shit and then at the last minute the car was packed full just so much gear I couldn't believe it had so much shit I'm like why have we got so much stuff and then the missus is like here's all the Christmas presents we're taking with us because we we're going to be you know camping for Christmas and there was like a whole bed full of presents and boxes and shit and I'm just we actually had an argument over it, to be honest with you. I blew up. I was like, what is all this crap? Where are we going to take all this? We're going camping. You can't have everything with you. Ranting and raving like an idiot. But um, and by, I made. I ended up making it all fit, just jamming it into spots throughout the car, throughout the back. And yeah, we, we squeezed it all in and, and took off down to Denmark on the 23rd, fully loaded like the Griswolds. Um, and had a pretty good bloody run down there too. Uh, straight down the the Albany Highway, um, got to our campsite and, and, and as listeners will know, uh, I was volunteering this year to guarantee us a spot because, you know, at this sort of, this bush camp, like the, the setup like Paris Beach is, you can't, you can't book in advance, you can't like call up and phone up and pay for a campsite, you just have to rock up and first in best dressed sort of scenario. Um, we're not doing caravan, we weren't doing caravan parks, you know, we don't really enjoy caravan parks, so that was where we wanted to be. Um, and last year we spent a night in the overflow, we actually spent a night in an overflow in Albany and then a night in the overflow at Barry's Beach as well before we finally got a spot and it was just sort of luck of the draw that we got a decent spot. So this year I volunteered to clean the toilets once a day um, and they save you a spot and they they helped pick a good spot for you, and they did. They picked us a really good spot. So we rocked up on the 23rd, knew we had a spot set set aside for us. It was a great spot set up on there, and um, yeah, and and was, I was pretty happy with the 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 way the whole thing uh, sort of worked out. Uh, as soon as we were setting up, as soon as we were setting up, there was this other lady, an old duck from the campsite behind us, who sort of was like, 
you know, looking at us and talking to to, to her friend and, and, you know, could tell they were talking, you know, about us or whatever and kept looking over at us. And then she decided to come up um, and introduce herself, which was fine. I was sort of busy pulling the camper trailer out. It took me a little while to figure out the best way to reverse it in on the site so that we'd have, you know, make best, the best use of the block. Um, and this this old duck comes up and she was... Uh, super bitch To be perfectly honest with you She comes up to me right And she just had a bit of a crabby look about her But that's fine Some people are just like that So I, I was uh, um, Yeah being, being pleasant to her And she um, Introduced herself as Marianne Marianne And I'd, I had my gloves on Because I was un- unloading All the dusty dirty Camper trailer Like the top of it And all that sort of stuff And um, I went to take off One of my gloves To, to shake her hand And she <laughs> She stops dead in her tracks takes like three steps away from me as if I'm like trying to attack her and like puts her shoulder to me and says, oh, no, 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 we don't do that. Uh, I don't know where you're from, like this in this tone. And I was like, um, from WA, mate. And then I kind of just um, give her – I sort of just brushed her after that and thought, well, fuck this lady, that was super rude um, and sort of went back to what I was doing and Ems wandered over and started trying to – started chatting to her as well. And – now, like, don't get me wrong, I understand if you're an older person and you're paranoid about COVID and all that sort of stuff and um, and you're literally worried about your own well-being. I don't have a problem with that. But a couple of things, like one, uh, at this stage as well, particularly in WA, we've had no case, no cases for ages, definitely not no cases up in Port Hedland. I'm not used to living like that, thinking about COVID whenever I meet somebody. Uh, and two, like, there's a certain way you talk to people, so you don't she talked to me like I was a piece of shit, like I was filthy, right? Oh, no, 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 we don't do that. I don't know where you're from. And I was just like, this bitch, like how rude do you want to be, man? So I was kind of right off her after that. Um, and then she starts talking to Ems and Ems was chatting away to her as she does and just sort of rabbiting on about something. And and Ems had obviously asked her a question about something but was just being friendly and kept on chatting away. And the lady goes to her, full-blown goes to her, well, if you stop talking for a second, I'll explain it. And this is the demeanour, like talking to people. And like Ems gives me this look and I'm just like, uh, okay, we're dealing with a complete uh, complete troll here. So um, that was a second offence and I was already – I was fuming about it. I just sort of give her the shoulder and just get, up, get got on with what I was doing. And then it turns out she's one of the volunteers for the toilets as well. And when I chat to the caretakers – her and her, she's an old, old lesbian lady. This 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 old duck. Um, she's gonna. Her and her, her partner, uh, whose name I can't remember, are gonna show me the, give me the rundown on how to clean the dunnies, right? So if I find fair enough, I get I get set up, and then the next morning I go. Um, well, I was to meet them there at at um, eight thirty in the morning, uh, and they're gonna show me how to do the toilet clean, right? Um, it's like, yeah. It's like five to to it's like five to uh, eight twenty five, and Marianne walks past and goes, "It's eight twenty five, as if like I was late for some sort of super serious appointment. And I was like fully aware that I'm meeting her there in five minutes and just keeping an eye on them. And when they were going to roll up, then I was going to stroll up behind them. And she gives me the old, "It's eight twenty five." I was like, "Yep, righto, be up there at eight thirty. So instead of just going, I'll come with you now. I thought, you know, "Fuck this bitch," I'll be a little bit difficult to her. So she, I waited five minutes and then went up there and met her. And, she, and her and her partner run through the whole cleaning rigmarole with me. And these chicks, man, these ladies are trying to bring this 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 bush camp toilet block back from 
like it, they're in pretty good condition anyway, but they're trying to like clean it up like it's their freaking home bathroom, and they're like trying to remove stains from around the taps, and they're like scrubbing the 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 stainless steel splashbacks, trying to get rid of old calcium watermarks, and they're like telling me all these bits and pieces where they think they should clean because basically the idea is you got to clean the dunnies, but then you have to clean every surface that somebody would touch, you know, because of the whole COVID thing, and like so there's antibacterial spray, you got to wipe all the door handles, and and they're like we wipe to wipe the inside of the door frame here because small children could could touch it and then we like to wipe this part of the bench down below here because a, a small child could lean on it all door handles and they're going through this and I'm just thinking while they're running through this this laundry list of shit that they do on top of just cleaning the toilets I'm thinking bitch I'm just coming up here cleaning these toilets I'm fucking off I'm not here on a on a cleaning sabbatical I'm here to fucking hang out in my family camp relax and, and I'm cleaning the dunnies as, as a means to an end to, to make sure I have a, a bloody camp spot I'm not here to polish the fucking stainless steel so anyway kept that to myself i'm just giving him the old uh-huh yep mm-hmm, righto yep cool oh yeah great yeah no worries and then then they're explaining to me I had to explain every bloody little thing to me like i'm a retard um uh explaining to me about sorry if that word offends you um sorry not sorry um then I had to. Then I had to. They're explaining to me about how to change the toilet tissue over, and I say toilet tissue because it's not toilet paper. It's, it's not even tissue. I don't know what it is. It's like little squares of baking paper. Basically, is what you wipe your you wipe your ass with, and they come in a little cardboard box, and you got to like you know refill them um, every day as you go in there. And they're explaining to me for like five minutes about how they like the way they they crush the corners in, and then they rip the face off this way, and it's really quite tricky to get it in. So you have to put it in this one way, or they'll get jammed up, and you won't be able to get them in and it's quite tricky actually and and I'm just going yeah yeah I'm I'm quite clever actually I think I'll figure it out giving them the old smart ass you know remarks so we get through that without a without a a hiccup or a headbutt between Marianne and I but I'm already thinking and I was being very very pleasant I'm being a smart ass now while I'm talking to you but I was being very pleasant to these people they're older ladies and and whatever I'm not I'm not a rude person by any stretch of the imagination so I was being very pleasant the whole time but in the back of my mind, I'm just thinking, this bitch comes at me again. I'm going to tell her what I think. And then um, the, that afternoon was my turn to do the toilet. So I'm doing the afternoon shift. So um, um, these women, right, they do – They do. I'll get to that in a minute. So so I'm, I'm there at the toilets and I've got my own set of keys to get into the, to clean the storeroom, to get all the gear out. There's a bottom t- – set of toilet blocks the top set of toilet blocks and I'm doing both of them in the afternoon and the afternoon one is only something they're doing now because of the COVID thing so it's really just to freshen up make sure there's toilet paper make sure there's not shit smeared in the toilet bowl wipe over the bench tops give the give the um, floor a sweep out and a mop out and get out of there it's pretty it's just it's just a real a real freshen up just so that they're doing the right thing so I'm there and I've got me mop bucket and everything out. I've been there for 20 minutes already and I'm sort of nearly done. And Marianne comes strolling up to me. Like she's got, like it's got anything to do with her. She's just, a, she's just a volunteer. That's all she is. Just a volunteer just like me. She's not a caretaker. She's got no stake in the game. She's just a volunteer, right? She comes strolling up to me. Hi, how are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. She goes, um, do, you have a, do you have some keys? And I said, yeah, I've got some keys here. And I showed her the keys on the, on the lanyard around my neck. She goes, oh, okay then. Um... Uh, oh, okay, and I said, yeah, all good, mate, no worries. And she goes, uh, my name's Marianne, not mate. Like this to me? And I'll just stop and I've gone, um, 
yeah, well, you know, I'm Australian and it's just an Australian colloquialism. Like we, we call each other mate. And she's, I, I know, I'm, I'm aware I'm Australian too. I said, well, then I don't see what the problem is. She's, well, I don't like being called mate and starts going on this rant. And I said, look, I'm just going to stop you there. You've been rude to me twice now um, and, I'm, and, I don't, and I don't need to listen to it. She's, oh, I have not. I said, yeah, you have. You've been rude to me twice now. She's, oh, she just turns around and storms off in a huff. And I just thought, this old bitch coming at me like that. Like, who has a go at somebody for calling a mate? I'm not. I don't work for you. You're not in charge of me. We're not. You're not in some sort of, of or, you know, power, you know, position of, of power. Um, you just. I'm an Australian bloke. You're some old lady um, cleaning toilets on your holiday, and, and I called you mate because I call people mate, and you have and you get your knickers in a twist over it. So I'm just thinking, fuck this lady, and then she she storms off, and she actually came up to me and sort of tried to apologise a little bit later in her own way, not really apologise, just just. Prove that she wasn't rude is what she was trying to do, um, and make you know, still trying to control the, the conversation because she's she's telling me that you know she doesn't didn't mean to offend me, and I said, oh, it's fine. It's just that you know, I called you mate, and then she's, oh, 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 we don't need to go over the uh, uh, we don't need to go over the the, the discussion again, and I was like, oh, oh okay, no worries. So we, she you know, she was still in control of the bloody conversation. So anyway, I just give her the shoulder after that. She'd go her and her, her and her um and her, her partner would go and check out the freaking the toilets, like try and do it on the sly after I'd clean them every day. They'd stroll in there and have a bit of a look around and suss things out again, like as if it's got anything to do with you. And me, I'm a, I'm a fucking very competent worker, by the way. Um, I don't need some old ducks, fucking who took. Uh, I took about an hour to clean the top block and the toilet block, like I said, just a quick freshen up. So that's two male, two female, and a disabled male and female um, toilet as well. I'd go in there and just smash it all out, did it on my own so Ems could hang out with the kids, and I'd just get in there and work at like my own pace, which is fast, just get in there, pump it all out. The fucking joint was spotless every day when I was finished. The actual caretakers and shit who said they were fucking stoked with the job, right? An hour. This lady, these two old les- lesbian ladies, would spend an hour and a half to two hours probably two hours in just that one toilet block, two of them, just going over, scrubbing shit, and they'd have – I'd go into one toilet block at a time, would put my signs out the front, clean it, get out of there as quickly as I could, and so I wasn't inconveniencing too many people. They'd go into every toilet on that block, the, the male, the female, the disabled, uh, both are disabled, and there's an extra shower block, and put signs up in front of all of them and be popping in and out and doing bits and pieces in, in all of them at the one time so you couldn't use that whole toilet block for like two hours. These useless old moles, and they're coming up checking on me, think, seeing if I'm doing a good job. I'm thinking, don't worry about me, love. I'm not the one holding up the whole fucking campsite. So that was our, that was our, my um, experience with Super Bitch. At, um, at Denmark, at Paris Beach campsite anyway. And like I said, I'll give you the shoulder after that one anyway and just, just fucking didn't bother with her. Um, uh, but aside from her, from her, everybody else was really, really nice. They were really nice uh, um, and, and, we made, and we had some great neighbours, which was bloody cool too. So um, when I said I was setting up on the campsite to try and get the best angle and everything so that we kind of had – Bit of, you know some ocean views and the easterly breeze coming into our campsite. We weren't just looking at a you know the fence for you know like the directly looking at the scrub on one side of our campsite or, or anything. Uh, that meant that I was facing the sort of the backyard of another dude's campsite. He was out when we set up. I wasn't sure who they were or, or, or anything, but it was just the best way to set it up. So I set it up like that, and he came home that first night. They'd been out all day. I was like, hey, dude, I'm, 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 how you going, mate? I'm Dave, I'm your neighbour. Really sorry to like be sort of in, invading your privacy here. I'm just sort of set up, you know, the best way that, that we could sit the camera trailer. And this dude's like, nah, don't 
don't worry about it. It's not mine. This is all of ours. He's like real cruisy dude, right? I like this guy. He can just tell straight away. Cruisy Carl. His name was Carl. And then as we got to know him a bit better, like his wife was out at work at the time because it turns out that they're Denmark locals and she was at work and coming back to the campsite later. Um, and they had two kids as well, a little bit older than, well, the girl was a little bit older than, than our kids and the boy was, yeah, uh, yeah, I think they were both a little bit older than our kids. Um, the daughter's name's Heidi, my daughter's name's Heidi and the, the kids all got along bloody great. They had another dog, Tilly, and we had our dog, Lily. The dogs stayed away from each other but there was no trouble between them or anything. And then the missus comes in and then her and, her and my wife got along like a bloody house on fire. They were bloody kindred spirits, these two. So it worked out really, really well. And um, yeah, just just having that kind of those people around you. We had our back to the to the the bitchy old lady, and there was another lesbian couple next to the bitchy one who was really. They were really nice as well. They were sort of on the back side of our campsite, so you only saw them when you're pecking around, getting things out of the car, or just sort of doing things around the other side of the camper trailer. But our actual campsite was set up facing um, Carl, Lucy, and their kids, and it was just great, you know, having some cool neighbours there, some locals. Um, so we, we just sort of automatically become friends with those guys and we're just hanging out with them and they're just really cruisy, good vibe. Like I said, Denmark locals, but they've done a lot of traveling. So they're not like, you might think of Denmark locals and think that they'd be kind of like maybe a bit backward and hillbillyish. And I can say that because I live in Port Hedland and people have a preconceived notion of what Port Hedland people are like as well. We're like sort of um, backwards trolls, troglodytes living up here in the fucking desert in the mining town as well. And everyone thinks it's the ugliest place in the world until they actually come and spend some time here. So that's not that's no offence against anyone from Denmark, but I know people would think of people from Denmark being like stinking hippies. These guys were great and they've been around. So she was English and they met they met each other in England, I think, and they've travelled. They've been in Canada and the States and all around Australia. And so they've, done, they've been around. They're not just these, these backwater Denmarkians that have just been there their whole life. Um, so they were just they were great people, cruisy, really fun, and, and just was super cool to have some neighbours like that that, we, that backed onto our camp. So we actually, you know, we've stayed in, t- in touch with them now. I think they're going to come up and visit us in, in Headland and maybe do an X-Mouth trip with us in the middle of the year. So that was really cool, man. And uh, one day, one day we we'll sort we we'd go for a we go for a bloody um, uh, run to Greens Pool. I'd been the day before, and it was super packed. The car park and everything with all the tourists in there. I didn't realise how busy that that Greens Pool down in Denmark got. Elephant Rocks and Greens Pool. And I drove in and saw all the cars and tourists and everything, and just turned around, drove straight out. Thought, fuck all that noise. That is not for me. But Carl goes, you can get to the Greens to, to Greens Beach from from Parry's Beach, from where we were. Just driving around the beach all the way around to the to the next point, park up, and you can walk over the rocks, and you and you're and you're at Greens Beach from you know from the back way. Basically, I thought well, that sounds uh, interesting. We, we we should give that a shot. So we head out on the beach um, and start cruising around, and the sand is super super soft. I bogged down pretty early in the piece, and we had to um, get the tracks out and get it out of the get me out of the bog, and then and then um. Drop the tires further down. Carl reckons he runs his at about fifteen on those on that beach. So drop mine down to fifteen as well, and we we're pretty good going through. And then we came to this section of beach where we're driving up near the sand dune, and the water, the tide had come right up within about four meters of the, well, maybe about six meters of the of the edge of the dune, and chewed the rest of the track away. And there was a big cutout of the actual track where we were driving, and um, it looked pretty hairy. And we had a discussion as to whether or not we could make it across. 
car goes, yeah, yeah, no, I think we'll be right. I'll go first. And he'd been doing pretty good driving along the beach. So um, seemed like he knew what he was about. He was a local. So I thought, well, you go first. And if you're all good, I'll come through behind you. But I was a bit iffy. It looked a bit sketchy. Car goes through first, gets halfway through, bogs down off the track. Back wheels come off the track and he's sort of sitting half halfway on the track and halfway down near where the waterline was. And there's a bit of a like ledge to get back up on where the actual track was. I think, oh, damn. Um, there was a 200 series and a, and a full kitted out 79 series sitting right near us on the beach as well, watching the whole thing. So we felt we were pretty safe. You know, there's a few people around to give us a hand if we need it. So I backed up the track as far as I could safely go to, to um, help get Carl out and sort of got bogged down a little bit again because it was super soft sand. Um, we used the tracks to get out. And then, and then these other two dudes come, actually the, one of the guys pulled me out um, snatched me out because he was just there and it was easier but I didn't need to be snatched all we needed to do was put the tracks underneath it but we snatched me out and then um, and I figured you know we'll have a go at getting Carl out and, and, and if we get in any trouble there's another two vehicles here we can just run a bit of a train and, and pull this thing out and he's this guy gives me this whole spiel about oh I don't think you're going to get the car out of there, mate. It looks pretty dodgy. I'd be like trying to go forward and get off on that next track exit up there or something. You know, oh, I don't like your chances. I reckon you're going to lose this car, blah, 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 all negative, negative, negative. And then he goes, anyway, we've got to go, mate. So, yeah, uh, good luck. Jumps, they jump in there fucking in the 200 series and this rigged out 79 series. They jump in the car and just fuck off and leave us there without re- – we're out of reception and everything. We were down the beach and they just bailed like – it's completely against the code of like the full driving code, like community code. You don't just bail people out in, in you know, in need like that. We've got young kids with us and shit like that too. And they're all fully kitted up and they just bailed out and left us there. And it took us, we spent two and a half hours going back and forth trying to get this car out of this fucking hairy spot we're in. And, you know, if we made a, if we fucked up, his car was in the waterline, it was a bit hairy. Um, anyway, and, and every time we, I snatched him and started pulling the car because of the weight and how soft the car was, our car would just bog straight down into the, into the dust and into the sand and we'd have to jump out, dig out underneath it, put the tracks underneath it, bump, bump ourselves back, back up out of the, out of the bog and then fucking have another go at it. And we weren't really getting anywhere. In the end, I just said, I think you're going to have to go forward as far as you can on the wet sand until the track, like the ledge sort of evens out a little bit you can get back up on the track turn around and come around through the waterline and do the same and get back up over this side of the track which was the most straightforward way to do it but you're driving through the waterline and if it didn't work if you bog down you're in the tide line you're gonna very possibly lose your car or at least have water come up in through your seals and shit like that at some stage so it was a bit of a bit of a risky move but we did it and and it Turned out to be the exact thing we needed to do and Carl fanged around and, and pumped it and flew back up onto the track and I was spewing I wasn't filming it because it looked bloody awesome and, and we were out. So two and a half hours out there in the sun, minimal water. We didn't get to go out to, well, it might have been three hours, didn't get to go out to around to Green's Pool. We're all fucking over it by this stage. But these these scumbags that left us there, man, I hope that they're um, – I hope a cat shat in their fucking sleeping bags that night or something. They deserve some bad karma, man, for that one. But um, anyway, now we had some we had some good fucking fun down there, man. And and um, I will say one thing. I don't know about I don't know about camping in the uh, camping for Christmas in the future. We had we had fun, but it was so much extra shit to take with us. Like so much all the all the 
food for Christmas and then all the presents and everything. We took a little Christmas tree, an LED Christmas tree we had plugged in set up and then I had to get up at like 3 o'clock in the morning and be Santa Claus and put all the fucking presents out underneath the tree before the kids woke up and then they were opening all their presents just in the dirt and shit and playing with their brand new stuff straight in the dirt and then it was just it was a lot and trying not to lose all their bits and pieces from these random toys they'd got from people so it was a lot going on um and i reckon next time around because we're going to do a bit of a we're going to make a bit of a tradition doing this paris beach every year it's the second year in a row now but i think i reckon boxing days to go for us we get down there early on on a boxing day and 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 run it from there so we don't have to take all the christmas gear with us I haven't convinced the missus of that yet but but that's my plan uh, and as far as weather went, we didn't get a lot of rain. It rained overnight, one night, a little bit. Um, it was re- reasonably warm, and I took this whole extra bag of winter gear because I was cold last year, and I'm a pussy when it comes to cold anyway, and I always go down south and don't take enough and get get stung. So I took a whole bag full of winter gear, and it just wasn't really, wasn't really cold, but there was a, a strong easterly coming through pretty much every day. I think Christmas Day was all right on the beach, but every afternoon, by about lunchtime, really, there was like a 35, 40 kilometer um, easterly coming through. So an, an offshore, an offshore breeze coming through every single day, which made the beach pretty shitty. So I took a surfboard down there and some fishing rods, and to fish off the rocks, you were gonna, you had to brave the bloody galing winds around that corner of the point every afternoon. And surfing, I probably should have gone surfing. I was just lazy. I'm a bit spewing. I didn't go for a surf because Carl, our neighbour, surfed. And he went a few mornings as well. I should have got up early and just asked if I could tag along with him, but I don't know. I just I didn't. I should have just swallowed my pride and asked if I could jump in with him and and go for a surf. I didn't have a wetsuit or anything, and I probably should have. So I, I cooked that one a little bit, spilling because it's probably going to be my only surfing opportunity for the year, and unless we can get to Bali, it would have been my only surfing opportunity for last year anyway, because I didn't get to Bali. But. Yeah, well, I didn't do I didn't do any surfing, didn't do any fishing. Took that gear all the way down there, and the, I fucking took the kids' bikes and shit with us as well. And and they didn't ride them until the very last day on New Year's Eve. We stayed there, and the kids finally formed a little gang with all the other little um, children of the corn ferals from around the Paris Beach camp, and they all start riding around on their bikes together. And it was like, well, fucking, that's what I wanted you to be doing the whole time, but. At least they made friends with the kids next door to us because when you put the kids all together, they just leave you alone. They go and play and get into mischief and make mess and do sort of shit on their own and, and they just kind of leave you alone for a little bit rather than just hanging off you. So that was pretty cool. And um, New Year's Eve, I had planned to have a quiet one. Like I don't like waking up hungover on the first day of a fresh year. I like to be fresh and you know go into my new year with a good vibe and everything. But stay up to about 1.30 drinking piss with the neighbours and Mixed drinks, had cocktails, all this sort of shit, and I smoked some weed too. So I woke up pretty dusty on the Monday morning. Um, I woke up pretty dusty on the on the Monday morning, and and um, I, I didn't mention that that um, me mate, one of my best mates, Eli, come come down camping with us as well, and he was going to be there for a couple of nights. We ended up staying the whole time, um, which is fine, but because he's a single man on his own, he doesn't like. You know, he likes to live simply. On the day, he was literally there from the second day we were there until the day we left. And on the day we left, he went to bed early on New Year's Eve. And I knew he was going to do this, the prick. I got up about 6.37. He was already up. He's packing up all his gear. And he was planning on just throwing his bits and pieces in his car and fucking off like early. 
And I was like, D-. I had to shame him into it. I was like, dude, are you seriously going to like stay in our camp the whole week, take advantage of the whole setup here and then bail out early on the morning of, of pack up? And he's like, oh, yeah, I was going to, hey. And I was like, yeah, man, fucking. I was like, I think I said something to the effect of, if you don't think that's rude, then I don't know what to say to you. And then he's like, oh, no, you're right, you're right. And he ended up staying. So so fair call, credit, credit to him. He ended up staying and helped me pack up because it's a fucking big pack up, especially when you've been there for like nine nights. We were fully set up. Everything was out. It took us fucking two, three hours. To, oh, I think it took us two hours to pack everything up. Um, you know, and, and it was always you need that third person because Ems has to hang out and maintain and like keep the kids fed and out of trouble and, and you know, entertained and, and, and then needs two people to pack the camper trailer up. So... Yeah, he ended up hanging around in the end, but I had to fucking – I was annoyed that I had to guilt him into it. I was like, come on, dude. It's just the thing to fucking do. So I'm going to name and shame Eli on that one, on that one there. But he was good. He was good. He, he was fucking good, good Santa Claus on Christmas, bought the kids a bunch of presents and fucking had, held, lifted the mood and gave it that extra bit of like – just a bit more fun having another another person there, a bit more of a dynamic to the whole to the whole, um, to the the whole whole – crew so that was pretty bloody good and we fucked off on on new year's eve got, got out of there sorry on on um new year's day got out of there by about 10 a.m which i was pretty bloody happy with after the late night the night before and the whole pack up of the whole campsite and everything and a bit of an emotional goodbye to the neighbors but um yeah we we pissed off uh, on the first and then the next day ems and i got to um have a couple of a, a daddy and mummy's um Time together and stay in the city without the kiddos. The kids slept at um, uh, Emma's parents' house and then my sister's house for a night each. And we got two nights together in the city at, at the QT Hotel, which was just awesome, man. Really, really good. Um, they got a rooftop bar there, a couple of re- restaurants, and um, it's really central in, in, the, in the city there. Uh, and it was just great, man. And we, we met Emma's cousin and her partner um, out for dinner on, on one of the nights, and then they took us for a big circuit through the city to all the little boutique bars, which is what, like really what we wanted to do, but we don't know our, our way around, and they both work in the city. So they took us to all the little like speakeasies and the little like cocktail bars and the little ones that's down staircases and around behind old buildings and shit like that. There wasn't a whole lot open that time of year. It's sort of their quiet period after Christmas, after Christmas and New Year's, because you know I think he said that they they kind of cater to the corporates and they're all on on holidays. But there was enough of us to make a pub crawl out of it and come home at two thirty in the morning. So that was really really good to tick all that off the list and and just have that time without the kids and spend time with just the two of us and hotel room and you know those creature comforts we haven't had a chance to do for a long time um i've mentioned that last year we didn't really get a break at all so it was good to and you know, camping's great fun but you're still busy and active the whole time so it was good to have just a couple of nights in a hotel room where we didn't have to tidy up and we didn't have to cook and clean and didn't have the kids and all that sort of shit and me and the missus got time to reconnect just the two of us so that was super fun man and and really glad we did that um I think that's something that we need to do a little more often, a couple of times a year as well. We'll have a couple of nights away without the kids to just sort of relax and have some some adult time. So that was bloody great, man. And then after that, we had a pretty busy week. The week before we left, went to the movies again and watched the new Cruise movie, which was great. And I bought a went to the shop and got a skateboard and got a new bike for my daughter. And we were out eating eating out for lunch. And every single day, we ate lunch out and ate dinner out a few times as well. And 
spa at the at Emma's parents' house and having barbecues and just eating food and uh, it was just good. We took advantage of, of of being around family and 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 having bars and like pubs and restaurants and all that sort of shit around. And we definitely ate out a fair bit in the city too. So we kind of got that um, got that fix, you know, the food and wine, food and good beer sort of fix. Um, I feel so. I think I've um, gone through pretty much all of it now. I drove home again on my own and came up through the guts this time. So I like to drive the coast road. It's a nicer drive, but I decided that I wanted to do the same thing, do a 12 or 13-hour day the first day and then do a three or four-hour day the next day. So that meant coming through the guts and landing at um, – I planned to land at Newman, but I actually made it to Oski that night. And um, there was like a an, – um, there was a ceremony, like an Aboriginal ceremony been going on around the area. Um, so there was like a hundred blackfellas staying at the at the at the Oski Roadhouse. Yeah, there's heaps of it might not have been a hundred, but there was definitely fifty, at least fifty. Um, so there's heaps of accommodation there. And they were all sound, just they were just like loud because they were, you know, there was heaps of families there, so they were all sort of partying on the piss and that, and tiny little dongers with paper thin walls. So, and again, they weren't rowdy or running amok, but I'm trying to sleep because I want to get up at like four o'clock in the morning, hit the road, and there's like this group of old ducks in the donger across from me, like four or five of them playing a ukulele and singing till like two in the morning. And there's a couple of other families around, just sort of drinking piss and just general revelry, and you can just hear the whole thing. And I'm sleeping on a bed that felt like a fucking plank of wood, so every time I'd wake up uncomfortable or with the need to piss, I can take me ages to fall back asleep because I can hear all the noise going on around me. And there's like a fucking. Uh, uh, an infestation of of like grasshoppers and moths and fucking crane mantis and all this sort of shit outside because like, there's bush and then there's this camp so they come in for all the lights and shit. And you walk outside your donger and there's like grasshoppers like flying into your head and like getting down your shirt. And I came home with like five or six dead grass or not dead, like five or six grasshoppers in the car just from when I opened the door to get my bag out. And they were like... I'd, I have to open the door and like swat one out of the way and close it real quick so they didn't get into my room. And even so, I still had about four or five in my room overnight. I had to get, had to bloody get rid of. It was a bloody um, just a swarm of them, man. It was it was crazy how many grasshoppers and shit there were flying around. Bugs in my face, smacking in the head when you walk out the room to do a piss. But oh yeah, and and the, the room next to me had a problem with the electrics or something. Their fridge wasn't working. Mine wasn't either, but I didn't give a fuck. I didn't need to use it. So at like nine thirty at night. I hear the electrician or caretaker or maintenance man or whatever come out and, and speak to this lady, full like, didn't have his quiet voice on, put it that way. They're just chatting like it's the middle of the fucking day. Oh, yeah, what's the problem here? Yeah, yeah, no, no, he's walking in, do, 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 his big fucking hoofs bumping around on the floor and shit, checking out her fucking GPO and I'm trying to sleep. And then he's like, oh, yeah, this and that. Oh, yeah, well, I wonder if I, what, what, what's going on in the other rooms. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then he walks up to my door and says, like, do, 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 on my door. It's 9.30 at night, man. I've paid for a room. This isn't like, – I'm here just to sleep. I'm here because I wanted to get some sleep so I can get in the car early and fuck off in the morning. It's 9.30 at night and he's like, do, 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 on my door. And I ignore it. It's like, do, 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 do. And I was like, what? And he goes, oh, I just want to know if your fridge is working. I said, I don't know, man. I'm in bed. He's, oh, oh, Sorry. And then just like walks off, like as if I was being unreasonable or rude. I'm thinking, mate, fuck off. Have a look tomorrow. I don't care about the fridge. I just want to sleep and get out of this fucking shithole as early as I can. 
Ask the grasshoppers. Maybe they'll fucking tell you. Maybe they chewed through the, the through the cables. But bloody, anyway, I um, yeah, yeah, I got out of there. So yeah, I bloody got out of there as soon as I could in the morning. And hightailed at home and got home again pretty reasonable time, so about 7.30, something like that. And that was it, man. Off to work on the Monday, hot as fuck, straight into an asbestos suit to do some asbestos tile removal, which is, I can blame nobody for that except myself because I'm the one that organises this shit. And then, yeah, like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday were, I think even Friday, man, were just hot as hell, like 45 degrees and muggy and just miserable, man. Um, Friday wasn't as bad, but it's been so hot, dude. And then, um, yeah, then yesterday was actually not too bad, and today's not too bad either. So, welcome back to Headland. Welcome back to work. It's all flat out, all full on. Um, that's forty-five minutes of me recounting the the trip. I hope it was interesting. I haven't gone through all the details. I'll leave some of the little stories for to pop up through some other podcasts later on. And yeah, man, twenty twenty-one, we're on it. We're hitting it hard. I got a bunch of shit to get done this year. Obviously, spent a bit of time driving in the car and thinking about what I want to accomplish, accomplish and achieve this year. And I got some some goals to hit. So yeah, I'm going to keep working on those. Keep working on the podcast. Thank you for listening. Um, and yeah, 2021, here we go, we're coming at you, man, we're coming at you. Episode number 89 of the Average Man podcast in the air, uh, Average Man over and out. Peace.